What a chaotic race Sunday in Jeddah. The Saudi Arabian Grand Prix going to be remembered for a variety of reasons, and not all of them are going to be good. we got so much to talk about, and we'll get right into it. All of the controversies, all of the results, how Formula One is heading into the season finale with the championship all tied up. Plus, we'll go over the teams, their night under the lights at the, near the Red Sea. We'll also go over some of the issues that have come up because of what happened in this Grand Prix. This is the Overtake F1 podcast. I'm Tony Desiree. Thanks for joining us. Hey, subscribe to the channel if you like what we do, because we are going to be continuing in the off season with some podcasts. And of course, we'll get going for the 2022 season. Also, you can follow us on Twitter, F1 Overtake Pod, and also on Facebook at the Overtake F1 Podcast. You can find us all there if you need to get in touch with the show for any reason. But again, subscribe to the channel really helps us out. Leave us a five-star review, especially if you like what we've been doing all season. All right, this race was a mess, but it was also pretty exciting because there was really a lot of things to take out of this weekend. And some of that stuff made many people angry, many people confused. I was one of them in a certain situation. I'm going to get to that in just a bit. The story of this race, though, started during qualifying when Max Verstappen was on one of the greatest quali laps of the season. I mean, he was absolutely flying on his final run around the Jetta circuit. Purple sectors for the first two, and it looked like he was going to win pole position by three-tenths of a second clear of Hamilton's best time. But instead, Max hit the wall in the final run, couldn't complete the lap, and he would start P3 behind both Hamilton and Valtteri Bottas as Mercedes ended up with a front row lockout. Now, I'll be honest, I was pretty nervous about this circuit because it is really fast. It's also narrow. I mean, it's been described as Monaco with Monza speed. That seemed to be pretty accurate this weekend. And I worried about attrition and how the cars would run cleanly in traffic. And given that neither Max or Lewis could really afford a DNF in this race, I was really worried that that was going to be in play. We've been so blessed to have this incredible championship fight, and I really just did not want it to be sort of ended on one car not finishing this Grand Prix and the other one finishing it and having sort of an insurmountable or unrealistic uh, to overtake advantage going into Abu Dhabi. So at the start of this race, especially going into the first run, it, it kind of had me holding my breath a bit. Hamilton and Botas were able to stay in front of Verstappen at the start. Hamilton was able to pull away. Uh, Botas even radioed in at one point to see if Hamilton could stretch out his lead so he could run at a certain pace that would benefit him holding Verstappen back. So again, this was all looking good for Mercedes. And to be honest with you, it was starting to look good for Formula One. Everybody was running cleanly through these turns, and we really didn't have any incident for the first number of laps. So I, I was a little bit more relaxed about how this certain circuit was going to play out. But then on lap 10, Mick Schumacher, he hit the wall. And at that point, this race really, really started to change. Now for Schumacher, he walked away. Okay. But this is the moment that the race starts to go a little off the rails a bit. So Hamilton and Bottas both came in for tires under the yellow flag. A double stack that was made controversial because Bottas slowed down enough before he entered the pit lane to allow more space between him and Hamilton on the double stack. That really ticked off Verstappen behind him. He reminded his team that Bottas was not allowed to do that. So this little bickering sort of these, he can't do that. That was just the start of an ocean of these in the, in the Grand Prix. But with the two Mercedes drivers in to change hard tires, Verstappen decided to stay out on the mediums and that give him track positions. Probably the only way he was going to win the Grand Prix at this point was to gamble on the mediums and hope something happened to allow him to make another change. 
but Mercedes was going to go the rest of the way on the hard tires. Max was going to have to pit at some point and lose that position. Or so we thought, because as they were making repairs to the tire barrier that Schumacher ran into, they decided to red flag the race. And that meant Verstappen could change tires while waiting for the restart. Now, that's a huge break for Red Bull. The red flag only lasted about 10 minutes, I think eight to be exact. And even Hamilton questioned the validity of this on a call because it benefited Hamilton so dramatically because, again, he gets the free change of tires. So with about 35 laps remaining, they had the restart on lap 15, the race would start and Verstappen would be on pole. Now, this is kind of like had he had finished that epic lap on Saturday with less laps, right? He was on the hards. Mercedes were on hards as well. They were all going to go the distance. Here we go. But on the restart, Hamilton gets a good jump. He gets ahead of Verstappen. He goes into turn one. Max has to run off the road. He rejoins the pack. But Hamilton had to avoid Esteban Ocon, who was alongside on his is right. Now remember, Hamilton could not afford a DNF. So he absolutely had to give up position rather than crash. But right behind them, Sergio Perez spins and gets all tagged up by Charles Leclerc. George Russell is caught up in it. Nikita Mazepin's get caught up with it. So we end up with red flag number two. And we just had gotten the race underway. But this, and I'll admit this, I got confused. The stewards were basically offering a deal to Red Bull as to the order of the restart. Now, I didn't think they did that, and, and neither did Christian Horner, because he said he never encountered it either, but they did. They were basically saying Esteban Ocon would start first, Hamilton second, Max third. I, I just want to know, when they say make a deal, what else were they offering? What exactly would the alternative have been if Red Bull said, ah, no, we declined that? I think it was, you know what? We'll go with this position, but we're going to have to take a look at this. We could tag you with a penalty. I don't know. But nevertheless, it, it didn't seem like a deal. It just seemed like, would you just accept this? And Red Bull said, sure, we'll accept that. So with Hamilton third on the restart, they decided to change tires on his car again. So he goes back to the medium compounds. Now, at this point, he's hoping for two things. One, by being on the medium compounds, he would get a good jump off the grid, then Hamilton's hard tires, and that those mediums in particular would last the rest of the Grand Prix. First part, that worked because Verstappen made an epic move to get out to the front after the first turn. He went to the inside of Hamilton and Ocon and took the lead early. Really great maneuvering on those medium tires. And Hamilton ran behind Verstappen and kept it pretty close for a good portion of the Grand Prix. We'd have a few virtual safety cars here or there. Yuki Tsunoda crashed, lost his front wing. There'd be some debris on the circuit. I remember Fernando Alonso radioing back saying it was kind of getting ridiculous. But the front battle where all the attention was, was Verstappen with Hamilton a second, a second and a half behind. And Hamilton stayed right there and tried to get within DRS distance. However, Max held that position up front. Now on lap 37, now remember this, lap 37, Hamilton tried to make the move on the front stretch. They went side by side into turn one. They touch, Max drives off to the inside runoff area, maintains the lead. Okay, but then the stewards ruled that Max had to give the position back up to Hamilton. And Max was radioed and told to give it back, but he was told to do it back strategically. Now, this is the moment where the championship could have really been over because Max slowed down just before the DRS detection zone and Hamilton, who had not been told that he was getting the position back from Hamilton, ran to the back of him. 
Max then accelerated out of that incident. Max was trying to let Hamilton pass so he would have DRS to later pass Hamilton and regain the lead. A good tactic. It ended up being a bad communication issue. Toto Wolf was so angry at this, he throws down his headset. Now, it appeared that Max was slowing down in the middle of the track, but there was room to the left. Hamilton thought Max was brake testing him, saying it was dangerous, Max was crazy. It was all sorts of frustration on this. Now, I will say, there seemed to have been some criticism of Max accelerating away, but this is the way I see it, and I could be wrong on this, but this is the way I see it. I think if you're Max Verstappen, or Lewis Hamilton for that matter, and you know the one thing you can't do in this championship fight is not finish the race, I think you accelerate out of contact. If you get hit from behind, I think you naturally would accelerate to get away from whatever just hit you from behind. So he's driving, he's slowing down, bang, Hamilton touches him. I think it's natural to get out of that area completely before your car suffers any more damage because you don't know if you're going to get a second hit or whatnot. So I don't blame Max. I don't think this was some sort of weird tactic. I think also too, he you know, made the effort and the effort wasn't there. He's got to keep racing and, and off he goes and let everyone sort it out later. But I don't necessarily think it was a bad move or some sort of Machiavellian move on Verstappen's part to speed away from the initial contact from behind. That's just the way I see it. Now, Mercedes tells Hamilton his front wing is okay. So racing continued, but Verstappen is still leading the race and was kind of speeding off. And this allowed us to hear one of the more interesting radio calls between Ron Meadows and Mercedes and the FIA saying that Max needed to slow down to let them pass. This is what Meadows was saying. He's got to slow down. Right. And then they have some they have some choice words in between. Max lets Hamilton pass, but then uses DRS to get right past him again. At this point, Verstappen is handed a five second penalty for the incident on lap 37, where he went off the track into turn one to gain the advantage. So now he's down five seconds. Hamilton does pass Verstappen on lap 44. And he does so running Max wide enough as to prevent Verstappen from getting a run to make another pass. Now, at this point, it doesn't really matter because Verstappen, even if he had maintained the lead, was not going to finish five plus seconds ahead of Hamilton to capture the win. So at best, he's finishing P2. However, Massey did tell Meadows over over the radio that Hamilton's move to sort of pin Max a little bit towards the edge, that was borderline and could result in a black-white flag. Hamilton goes on to win the Grand Prix. That's his 103rd victory of his career. He gets the fastest lap, so now the two drivers are now tied as we head into the season finale. Meanwhile, Valtteri Bottas, he finishes third, and he gets to the line just ahead of Ocon on that final sprint to the finish, giving Mercedes both drivers on the podium. All right, so this race was really a mess, but again, it did have some exciting moments. I like the circuit. So did the drivers. Yes, it was fast. It was tight. Next season, we'll probably see more safety cars in this thing. The race is moving to a more permanent circuit near the Capitol in 2023. So we only got one more race at the Jetta Street Circuit. Now, my concerns at the start of this Grand Prix were somewhat warranted, but there wasn't total carnage out there, even though it looked like we'd get half the field in the garage before the checkered flag. So it did finish okay. However, and this is a big however, the sport kind of took a hit with its image. I didn't think this race was a very good look for Formula One. For starters, do we need to hear the FIA radio and the teams complaining about everything? Now, I do like this feature, but but let's be honest, it, it's petty sometimes. 
And you don't have to reveal everything within your sport. Like for, for example, the NFL, they don't let us listen into officials discussing instant replay and how that works and what they're seeing, what they're not seeing and what they're discussing. And by the way, we never hear coaches, what they say to the refs on controversial calls. Like we don't have them mic'd up in the broadcast. Now later when they clean it up, they might put out a video of coaches talking to officials, but in the heat of the moment, we don't hear like Sean Payton say something to the officials on a bad pass interference call, or we don't hear Bill Bell Belichick say something on a bad holding call or whatever that is. So we don't get to see everything in the sports that we follow, but in a way formula one is blazing some new ground here. However, and again, this is, this is my biggest worry about it. It does expose certain people at their highest moment of stress. And that's not always good, right? If you're new to formula one, you may just know Michael Massey is the guy that has to coordinate all of these guys complaining at the highest moment when they're in high tension, right? So in a way, it's great. I mean, it's it's great to, to pull back the curtain, the great power for Oz, or to see how the sausage is made, whatever cliche you want to use. But it doesn't always bring out the best in the sport. And sometimes seeing too much makes you think a little bit less of what you're watching. Uh, the second thing, and this is the big takeaway out of this Grand Prix, at least from Mercedes camp is max dangerous because Hamilton has had enough of max on the track. And in the post-race comments, he started separating himself and his driving style as, you know, a guy that just wants to race cleanly. And honestly, while max is the renegade cowboy out there doing things his own way and the rules don't apply. Now, some of what he said is valid, right? But not all of it. I mean, Max is an aggressive driver. Yeah, but at times he has been penalized by the FIA. And even Horner thinks the sport is just too regulated. So it's it's not as cut and dried as Mercedes wants you to think, but that's okay because, you know, there's a, there's a war of words going on and they're defending their camp. But the one issue that seems to be happening with these two drivers is that they don't race very often without some sort of incident. Like when both go side by side, something usually happens. And we're talking about it involving either blame on a driver or a certain driving style or whether the penalties were justified. Now, don't get me wrong. This happens at all levels of motorsports. Not every interaction between rivals are going to be clean. But this year, when these guys go at it, you kind of have to hold your breath a little bit because you feel like something calamitous is going to about that, you know, is going to occur. So the second point on this is Abu Dhabi sees these guys tied in the world championship. Now, if both drivers crash out and don't gain any points, Verstappen is the world champion based on win totals. Now, I don't think for one second that Max is going to want to win this way and that any aggressive move could result also in his car suffering a race ending damage or Hamilton might just escape and finish the Grand Prix in some capacity. But this, an, but this is another reminder that Hamilton is going to have to be extra careful in this on-track battle because he has to finish the Grand Prix in, in the points in any order to have any chance of winning the world championship. If he has a DNF, it's over. It's over. It's over if Max gets a DNF or it's Max. It's over if Max finishes 10th. If Hamilton doesn't get any points and Max, Max wins automatically. So in that regard, Verstappen can be a little bit more aggressive because if the two cars are damaged and don't finish the race, he wins the championship. If both suffer some damage, but he somehow wins out on that battle, he wins the championship. The only drawback again is if he suffers damage that causes him to lose out on the race and Hamilton finishes ahead of him. But Hamilton can't, he doesn't have any of those options. If they're going side by side, he can't be aggressive because there's just too much to lose. He has to play it a little bit more safe if they should go side by side at Abu Dhabi. 
All right, the third other takeaway of this Grand Prix is this. Should you be allowed to change tires during a red flag? I personally think this rule kind of stinks because a red flag, at least in my mind, should be a stoppage of the race, like a frozen race. Like we're stopping right now as is, and then we're going to start up again. You want to change a tire? Wait till we go back to racing. Same with minor repairs. Yes, every driver does take advantage of this, of course, but it seems a little outdated and I'm not a fan. Now, look, sometimes we get red flags right away when there's serious crashes, but it's when a yellow turns to red that I actually don't like right? You put teams that make the strategic move under yellow to pit, like Mercedes did in this Grand Prix, for example. Now you give them a disadvantage because if they had just waited a little longer, circumstances outside of race control, really, besides calling the red flag, but usually they call a red flag for a very, very, very good reason. Then you are penalizing the team that tried to make a strategic move by then bonusing everybody. Like now you all get to change tires. How about that? And I just think that sort of takes the element of strategy out of the race. And anytime Formula One does that, I think it's bad for the sport because I think the strategic element of pit stops plays greatly into the race result. But if you just go, yep, sorry, yeah, yellow flag's now turning to red and everybody gets to change tires, you've eliminated that. And the teams that did change a tire that fell back a little bit in the field before the red flag was called, they they lose out. They tried to play the game fairly and then they and they lose out. So Again, I don't know how you adjust the rule. I might be just complaining. I don't know, but it's something that I just never liked. I just, it doesn't feel like anyone earns the tire change on a red flag. But again, I, I, I get sometimes you want to allow that to make the racing better, but I don't know if it actually does. All right, let's go over the teams really quick. As for Mercedes, they get a 1-3 finish with Hamilton and Botas. For Botas, who's finishing out his Mercedes career, a good podium run. Beats Esteban Ocon to the line to get on that podium for third. For Hamilton, 103rd win of the season. And again, with the fastest lap, ties up the championship as we head to Abu Dhabi. For Red Bull, again, a P2 for Verstappen, but a DNF for Sergio Perez, who tangled with Charles Leclerc um, off of that first restart and so this really hurts their chances in the constructors race with Mercedes Alpine a pretty good day given that Ocon finished fourth he'd certainly like to have gotten on the podium he benefited during that red flag stoppage at the beginning of the race uh, Fernando Alonso spun out he ended up finishing a P13 out of the points uh, McLaren good run for Daniel Ricciardo a fifth for him but Lando Norris struggled he did get a point finished 10th but he's kind of been at this point for the latter part of this season he started the race on the soft tires and you know it wasn't ideal but because of the red flag stoppage he got out of those pretty quickly so he did get at least a point for the team but ferrari uh they finished again seven and eight this is kind of where they're finishing right in the top 10 both drivers getting points and both drivers helping ferrari separate themselves in the all crucial p3 battle in the constructors race uh signs actually had one little issue with leclerc at one point trying to get past him telling him that telling his team look Leclerc is going to get penalized anyway if you don't let me pass and so but in the end Leclerc finishing a P7 with signs a P8 Alfa Romeo it's the last few runs for Antonio Giovinazzi the penultimate race for Giovinazzi's uh, Formula One career before he moves on to Formula E um, after losing his ride he got it in the points a top 10 finish for him he finished P9 as far as Kimi Raikkonen and again same thing for him the penultimate race of his career he's retiring it was a P15 as he finished a lap down Aston Martin a bad race for them both drivers finishing out Outside the points, it was Lance Stroll with a P11. Sebastian Vettel had to retire the car in the garage, um, so no points for Aston Martin. Alfa Tari, good run for Pierre Gasly. 
and he kept ahead of the Ferraris, which I think is important. He likes make sure he likes to, you know he likes to do that after races when he talks about who he beat, and he mentioned that staying in front of the Ferraris was key. But uh, Yuki Tsunoda crashed. He ended up finishing a lap down. He did finish it with a P14. Uh, Haas terrible day for them. Both Nikita Mazepin and Mick Schumacher crashing out. For Mick Schumacher, his accident was the one that sort of started all of this sort of chaos on the tenth lap. Mazepin got caught up in the Leclerc Perez. George Russell sort of uh, mess off that restart. So his day was over as well as for Williams and an all important race for Williams. I mean, they were racing in tribute of Frank Williams who had passed away at the age of 79, lots and lots of great tributes, by the way, to Frank Williams this weekend. Um, it was George Russell who had to retire out of this race off of that first restart into that tanglement. And then Nicholas Latifi finishing P 12. He finished on the lead lap. He was the last driver to do so, but Latifi in the Williams finishing P 12. It's a pretty good run for him. Let's do it for all of the teams as they leave the Jeddah street circuit for the Saudi Arabian Grand Prix. And now it's off before the season finale with the world championship tied between Hamilton and Verstappen. Now here's the deal. We're going to do a preview of that coming this week. And then of course we'll give you a review next week. Uh, then later on, we're going to do our season in review highlights, low lights of the Formula one season. So please subscribe because we still have a lot more content to get to in this off season before we rev up for 2022. So hit that subscribe channel, leave us a five-star review. If you like what they, what we do, it really does help us grow the podcast which we have seen tremendous growth since we started this back in april again for the abu dhabi preview coming up later this week i'm tony Daziri, and this is the overtake f1 podcast thanks for listening